hello, my name is Jackson McMurray. And I'm Adeline McMurray. I ate that, start over. <laughs> <laughs> also, wait, do I get to introduce myself or am I waiting? Cause I, um, I don't know, we're just winging it. <laughs> this is no nerds allowed. Oh no! <laughs> oh, is that it? Oh, <laughs> don't make that it! So oh no! Oh no! It's the rewind button! Don't let that be it! <laughs> I'm still eating chip! <laughs> I'm the one editing this episode! <laughs> That's it, fuckers! Me and only me. Uh, real quick, putting Ethan, my chips away. Ethan, what's your name? I'm. Oh, great, cool. Um, I'm Ethan. Cool. Ethan uh, Goins. <laughs> you know what? I really. He's a professional YouTuber. <laughs> I've been editing this podcast uh, this whole yes. time we've been doing it, and I have, have not been been exercising my power as much as I could have been. No. What, like, how I, how I, like, like when I've edited that video and made you blatantly say that you disliked women. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to bring up that video again? Do you want to direct more traffic to it? <laughs> no, I just really enjoyed it that I got to take a five second clip of just you saying something offensive. <laughs> it was, that, was that the, when we did that review of X-Men Apocalypse? <laughs> Yes, sir, it was. <laughs> I suppose that was sort of the, the beta version of this show. The beta version? I guess that's kind the of terrible true. terrible version. Or um, it's just five people sitting on a couch talking over each other and then not <laughs> talking about the movie. By the yeah. way, um, I'm living in... <laughs> yeah! <laughs> since I'm living in Ellensburg, Washington, um, it is very, very, very windy in the spring and fall. Um, yes. Which is how it got its famous name, the Windy City. Um, oh, wait. So if you can literally <laughs> wait, what's hear, wait, 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 why is that like confused? <laughs> what's it's a confusing? bit even. <laughs> no, Jackson said it's windy a lot. That's why it's called the Windy City. And Adelaide goes, wait, <laughs> why? <laughs> no, it's because that's not the Windy City. Did you not get the joke? <laughs> Oh. No, I guess I didn't get the joke. Anyway, my well. point is, if you can hear wind whistling past my window and the door to my bedroom literally rattling in its hinges, that's why. Fair, fair. Hey, Jackson, you want to do some editing? Why? What are you doing? <laughs> What's I'm that? closing your closet, because when I yell, it echoes out of your closet. <laughs> wow. Oh, shit. <laughs> Hold on. Everything is going bad. This is, like, the most chaotic podcast episode we've ever recorded. Hold on, I have to take my headphones out. This just got real. Can we just, like, hit the do-over button? <laughs> <laughs> no one even knows what movie we're talking about okay. yet. Okay, um, so this week, uh, we decided we would talk about Suicide Squad. Uh, oh, I, th- I don't know if Adeline is back yet. Okay, I'm back. Okay, I'm alive. <laughs> so... Uh, this week we are talking about Suicide Squad, um, DC's third movie in their DC Extended Universe. Um, that's right, yeah. right? It was Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad? 
Yeah. Or I guess yeah. I don't know. Does Green Lantern count? Do any of us know if Green Lantern counts no, anymore? No, oh, no, 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 no. They okay. made sure that they joke about Jackson, in Deadpool how much it doesn't count. <laughs> I'm just saying that it was a DC movie made in between two other movies in a shared universe, is all Wait, I'm saying. Was Green Lantern? Was... I thought Green Lantern was like 2007. No, Green Lantern was after Man of Steel. Also, oh. was Batman v Superman before Suicide Squad? Yes, definitely. Oh. Why didn't so... he expect this, then? <laughs> um, well, yeah, he had that's... all the clues! <laughs> and that's the weirdest thing about Suicide Squad to me, was that, like, it really looked like it was gonna be good. Like yeah, all the trailers, everybody was like, all right, all Yeah, right. all the trailers were, like, really well put together, and everyone was like, yeah, I'm down. Like, I'm super psyched for Suicide Squad. Like, I don't know, there was sort of, I think there was sort of a lull when they released that first image of the Joker, and everyone was like, what the fuck is this? I don't want my Joker <laughs> to be a millennial. Um, <laughs> Who the fuck is Jared Leto? <laughs> That's the guy, right? Jared Leto, yes. Jared Leto yeah, okay. is the guy, yeah. Who's the late night... Uh, host. Uh, Conan O'Brien. You know what? You're right. No, the one <laughs> no, who has like a, the TV something. show where he just buys cars. I think you're Wait, thinking what? about Jay Leno. But I, I would love Jay to. Leno. But we're That's gonna. That's the joke I was making. I'm gonna let you off the hook by telling you Jay Leno, but I still want to do the bit where I name a bunch of different talk show hosts. So do we want to go back and do that real quick? Yeah, let's go back. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. Set me up again. Okay. Which one is the one, the late night host? Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. As the Joker. Seth. What's the other one's name? Seth MacFarlane? Seth Meyers. Is that different? No, Seth Meyers is what I was thinking of. Jimmy Kimmel. Saturday Night Live. David Letterman. David, oh, okay. All right, we did it. We did it, guys. Who was the guy who did the bit where he wore a turban and looked at letters? Johnny Carson. <laughs> All you, that's, that's wow. if oh my goodness, what a German legacy that man Johnny has. Carson. <laughs> anyway, the movie. <laughs> this is the most. What this is seven minutes of <laughs> who knows what I've been recording for seven minutes. What is okay? This? Just for concept for well, just for context. I got home like five minutes ago. Ate a bunch of Doritos and then sat down to record a podcast. Maybe we should make a tradition out of that. I like our energy a lot better when Adeline's up on Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> Are these some performance-enhancing Doritos? Yeah, they're like good kind. They're the spicy chili. Hey, Doritos, sponsor us. Dude, performance-enhancing oh. Doritos is a band name. Performance-enhancing. You might run into some copyright trouble. <laughs> I don't care. It's uh, worth it. Oritos. That's one of the weird things. Sorry, we sort of seemed like we were going to get into the movie, but I feel like I have more intro left in me. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> one of, one of the weird things tease. about copyright is that, like, it's not, like, just inherently illegal to infringe copyright. It's, mm -hmm. like, the company has to take it upon themselves to press charges against you. Um, so what I've realized is that if you can just make the company look like big enough of a dick for getting you in trouble for it, you can pretty much get away with anything. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's entirely how Deadpool exists, is that they're just like, <laughs> we made this whole movie, and if Disney's gonna make a big stink about things, they're gonna look like big idiots, so... <laughs> <laughs> big Galoombas. 
Do, are we scared of the Disney thing at all? Yeah, I don't know. Like in real life or in the terms like of podcasting? Like in real life. <laughs> we don't have to be on our podcast. Yeah, no, Mickey Mouse is going to beat down my door and strangle me. That's not I was what like, I oh, but I know okay. how to continue this bit. I'll make a Mickey Mouse voice. But yeah. you know what? I'm not going to oh, do it. Me and Adeline have an idea that we like to use that we call a podcast safe word. Um, where if we, in any, for any reason, become uncomfortable with the energy, we just say podcast safe word and we move on to a new topic. Um, Are we you don't doing have, that? We don't have a safe word, though. I guess podcast safe word is our podcast safe word, and we're going to do that okay, now. Great. That's, that's a depressing... You need to make a real safe word. Yeah. <laughs> Can it be like Wolf Trip okay. or something? Look, we let's... should make it something really annoying to talk about while we're talking about Suicide Squad, but after this episode, it's fine. So like Will Smith Kiwi. or Margot Robbie. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> So we We're going to turn this whole podcast into a who's on first bit, and I don't want that to happen. <laughs> I mean, the guys that wrote that one did pretty well for themselves. That's exactly what I'm setting up for. You don't want to be this generation's Abbott and Costello? <laughs> yeah. You know what? Let's start over. This podcast is about the who's on first bit. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, you think we could fill a whole podcast talking about Abbott and Costello? Yes. Yes, absolutely. I could do it right now without any notes. <laughs> that bowler hat, though. <laughs> That's what gets you. <laughs> Sorry, I just took a drink of water. <laughs> I can do an actual spit take. When you said that bowler hat, though. <laughs> Listen. Oh my gosh. I've been sitting here making uh, rings out of sour gummy worms the whole podcast. I've just been oh. smashing their tails together until they're in a circle. Can you give me a little asthma real quick? <laughs> what, with sour gummy worms? What am I supposed yeah. to do? Rub it against the mic? What you've been doing for seven minutes, apparently. <laughs> It's, um, I believe the term for that is an Ouroboros. You've made a gummy Ouroboros. There's going to be sugar all over my mic because of you. <laughs> this Are is you like just a... rubbing a gummy worm against your mic? Yeah, this is like a $150 mic and it just got sugar all over it. <laughs> okay. Thanks to you, Adelaide. Do we want to talk about Kill Yourself Crew or... Yeah, okay. So, Suicide Squad, I believe... Okay, did we, all three of us, see this movie together in theaters? I saw it twice in theaters. That's all I know. I, I know one time was with a group and one time was just with Chloe. But other than that, I don't remember. I was 16, man. I had monkey brain. I don't remember what was <laughs> Let's be real. I don't remember watching this movie. Uh, no, we didn't all, all see it together because <laughs> I remember... All? Showing it to you later, you were like, everyone says Suicide Squad's really bad. And I was like, I don't know, it's not that bad, let's watch it. And we watched it that one time. So me and yeah. Ethan saw this movie together for the first time in theaters, for sure. Um, we're just going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I believe at one point or another... <laughs> <laughs> Editing, please. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Start over your because I'm a gross cough. I believe at one point or another, uh, all three of us were sort of in the Suicide Squad's not really that bad camp. Am I correct yeah. in that? Like, yeah. when we had watched the movie the first time, we were all like, that was fine. I'm okay with I mean, that. It was a film. Yeah. <clears throat> 
uh, but now that we've like taken a more, we've turned a more critical eye towards it. Uh, it's who boy, who buddy. Um, <laughs> there's so much. There's so much to talk about movie. in this movie. Um, they do. Oh my god. <laughs> I I can I can I just like give a give a a thesis to every point I'm probably about to make. Sure. Yeah, here's your soapbox. Here's my soapbox. I think that there are three reasons that this movie is okay. <laughs> Will Smith, True. Yes. Margot Robbie, mm-hmm. and the practical special effects team. Not the special effects team that did all the weird... I don't even know the what bad. amalgamation metal <laughs> weird... I don't even know what the hell that is. All the but stupid the people, transitions... The people who did the practical stuff, like actually making every single one of Deadshot's bullets hit, and the way yeah. the bullet holes look, like there, there are some very cool, pr- like more practical special effects in that movie. Oh yeah, those are Deadshot like the three is things. The saving grace of this film. <laughs> yeah, those are the three things that make that this movie bearable. <laughs> so, um, Ethan, just as a heads up, uh, more, lately in our podcast, we've been making an effort to sort of recap the movie as we. Describe it just so that if people haven't seen the movie, they aren't totally lost uh, when we're talking about it. Uh, So let's get into the very beginning here. Uh, We open with – I believe the opening scene – it's been a few days since I've seen it now. The opening scene is Deadshot, um, played by Will Smith. Um, What is he doing? He's like – okay, he's like in his cell – and oh, that's he's right. like punching a punching bag, and the guard shows up and gives him his jail slop TM, and goes, "Hey, you're you're a little girl, you suck." And then Will Smith goes, "Fuck you, I'm Will Smith." And then uh, a bunch of men pick up Will Smith and beat him with a plastic uh, bat, and they yeah. all pretend to be hurt. Yeah, no, um, pretty much. I was gonna say. It's- Will Smith has a line in that, though, where he says, um, you better uh, look out for yourself when I get out of here, because I'm going to find you, and I'm going to rain down on you like the Holy Ghost. I was like, holy shit, that's <laughs> so intense. <laughs> only because it's Will Smith. If anyone else said that line, you would right. not have that feeling. <laughs> I was just like, oh, damn, that guy better buckle up. Okay, he's but get in that scene, one of the guards movie. grabs this baton that's like a defo made out of rubber and just <laughs> right. like hits him in the chest repeatedly, and Will Smith goes, ah, <laughs> and that's the whole scene. Yeah. Um, and then from there, we cut to Harley Quinn in her cell, um, and she's very sexy. Did you know Why the that... fuck <laughs> is she in the weird sexy prison uniform? Why? She's sexy. Adeline, here's yeah. the thing you need to know about Harley Quinn, um, yeah. is that she is very sexy. Um, oh, okay. So, um, maybe, I don't know, I don't know if you knew that before, but, like, maybe if you're, like, thinking about that a little bit more, it'll, you can watch the movie again and it'll take on some new meanings. Yeah, um, yeah, no, yeah. Because that's not something that everybody always gets on the first watch, but if you start viewing yeah. it through a lens of, like, Harley Quinn is very sexy... Um, there's actually a lot of nuance to the film that you don't necessarily pick up on if you're not thinking yeah. in that sort of way. Just normies don't understand, you know. <laughs> so, uh, where'd you buy your fedora? Emphasis character? on the word, you know, nuance, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so from there, Subtle. we cut to if you Viola blink, Davis. You'll miss it. 
uh, from there we cut. <laughs> okay. From there we cut to Viola Davis talking to some nameless government bureaucrat, being like, "I want to put together a a a, a squad, a suicide squad, if you will." And you know those two characters we were just introduced to. Uh, we get introduced to them. All yeah. over again. <laughs> no, time, why doesn't it just start with even. the dinner? Why doesn't it start with her walking yeah. in and saying that like the superheroes are not always there? Superman changed the world. That should be the opening of the entire movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, we gotta go why... back because I got two things to say. Ugh. First <sighs> of all, Harley Quinn's stupid fucking line where she's like, "I sleep with whoever I want to, whenever I want to." Yep. They want. What the fuck was up with that line? I don't want your stupid bullshit half-assed feminism when she's going to be literally walking around in her underwear for the rest of the movie. Well, I don't know. Presumably, that's not her genuine person. She's just trying to get him to come close so she can kick him or bite him or whatever. Um, it's stupid. But, like, the yeah, I don't know. The Also, um, secondly, this movie just has no... God damn chill. There is no yeah. such thing as subtlety in this entire movie. But that's one of the things I kind of admire about it, though. Like, it sucks, but it has a lot of balls also. Yeah, it just assumes that you're gonna like whatever they're doing, yeah. so they just go for it. It has a lot of balls, and it sucks a lot of balls. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they you're should right. put on the DVD. <laughs> Also, <laughs> it has a lot of balls, and it sucks a lot of balls. My uh, my stance on because I feel like it has to be a stance at this point yeah. on Jared Leto is that I'm abstaining from talking about his existence in this movie at all. <laughs> okay, we, we got, probably won't though. So enjoy yourself. Yeah, so you have no, 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 no. Not talking about Jared exactly. Leto. I'm just. I don't even want to acknowledge that he exists. <laughs> I, that's how much I dislike him in this film. <laughs> Heath Ledger died playing the Joker, and Jared Leto gets a stupid tattoo painted on his forehead and talks about sex a lot, and is like, I'm the Joker. <laughs> I don't know. To me, you know what? Let's have this conversation when we get there. Um, yes. Fair, fair. By the way, uh, so we get introduced to... Deadshot and Harley Quinn a second time. Yes. Um, Viola Davis says, and so we get a little bit more backstory on uh, them. Deadshot is like uh, this family man who's also an assassin and he cares a lot about his daughter. That's where we get sort of established that he uh, cares a lot about his daughter and um, he's doing this just to protect her in a certain kind of way. Um, kind of. Uh, what does Deadshot usually have that weird white mask? Is that like a part of his costume? Yeah, I mean that's like his traditional comic book outfit. Oh, I don't. I didn't like it in this movie. I don't know. It looked weird. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really feel one way or the other about it. They didn't really use it enough for me to really have an opinion. Yeah, it was like when I put this on, someone dies. But he never, he never, he never puts, he, put, <laughs> he never puts it on. He almost puts it on once, and then Harley Quinn's like, "No, don't," because you, you shouldn't. <laughs> I don't know why he and he's did. like, okay. <laughs> okay um, for some reason, anyway, it's a plot point. Don't do it. So, talking about the Deadshot backstory. So, his backstory is that he's a family man and he's got this daughter, but he's a bad guy, so he gets taken away in front of his daughter, and that's his whole thing. But he gets taken away from her at Christmas. While it's snowing, he's holding <laughs> presents, a nun walks by, it's just like, <laughs> so well, yeah. many things at once. And my favorite bit from that is, like, Batman shows up, and it's like, Deadshot, I'm gonna kick your ass. And he, like, pulls a gun on him, 
and his his little daughter is just like, Daddy, no, don't, don't shoot this guy. Like, I mean, <laughs> like it just cracks me up. Like, who's this little girl, and why is she like so so gung ho to defend Batman's so life? So righteous, yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, Batman literally says, "I don't want to do this in front of your daughter," and then he does. <laughs> and then he does that in front of his daughter. Just straight up does it. Does the damn thing. <laughs> Um, so anyway, then we move on to Harley Quinn, wherein we learn that she's just hangs on Joker's every beck and call. Um, her only, and you know, but like in a feminist of, way. Well, no, honestly, this movie <laughs> I feel like wants to play to the like tragic idea of Harley Quinn, and it tries really hard to, and I think it's like moving in the right direction in a lot of ways. It's but close. It, it just doesn't quite get there. Because when they're establishing her in this second establishment of her, um, yep. they, it seems very front and center that it's like she completely lost herself in this man and everything about her is now defined by this person that she's romantically attached to and she hardly has any piece of herself left, you know? She's been emptied mm-hmm. out and refilled by this person that she defines herself by now. Um, and that it seems like a very clear motif in this first one, and they they play with it a little bit, which I like. Yeah. But it's just it's not constant, and it's not good enough for me to come away being like that was the best part of the movie, you know? Mm-hmm. They also definitely colored Joker's hair in post. <laughs> oh, did they really? I didn't. Notice in that. that whole scene, it's so obvious. It's like a little like filter that they put over his hair. It's so weird. <laughs> Okay, and here's I my... I feel like... Oh, go ahead, Ethan. I feel like Harley Quinn just feels like they're they're trying to get a payoff on things that they didn't ever set up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're like... They're like... Like, which which I guess is kind of the trope of DC comic movies because they think it's already kind of set up in the comics. Mm-hmm. But they have to understand at this point that movies are, like... I was talking to my coworker about this the other day. At this point, superhero movies are so in our culture that they're not superhero movies anymore. To some people, they're literally just movies. Right. So, like, not setting up your characters isn't okay because there are a there's a a large general audience that's going to have no idea. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, what makes me so mad about the DC cinematic universe is that Marvel took such a long time to set up their universe with Iron Man and Captain America and, like, slowly intertwining these movies and all these things to set up for movies like The Avengers and Endgame. Like, it's all a build-up and a payoff. And then once DC saw that that was popular and it was working, they were like, oh, we can do that, and then just pulled Batman vs. Superman out of their ass. It was like, we did it too, right? And it's like, no, you didn't set up any of this. Yeah, well, and that's what I think is kind of interesting, is like, Marvel starts from ground zero. They're like, at the beginning of the Marvel Universe, quote-unquote, it's just like, you know, regular real life. And then build up from nothing to the point where we get, like, Avengers Infinity War in this really methodical kind of way. Um, and DC chose to do sort of the opposite, like, really intentionally, where, like, starting specifically with Batman versus Superman, it feels like we're starting this whole universe, like, in media res. Like, we just get dropped in, and yeah. it's, like, sort of... And it's almost kind of cool the way that they sort of, in things like Batman versus Superman and Justice League and all that, where they, like, show you 
that like Batman's already a thing and he's been doing his thing for a long time. And, you know, the Green Lanterns are out there doing their thing probably and it exists in this universe, but, you know, someday you'll get to see it. It's like this whole DC universe just exists on its own. Um, and they're choosing to show you different parts of it rather than creating them from nothing, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's the same thing of, like, tr- I-, I feel like they're pulling from comic way more way more than... Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, it's safe to assume that everyone knows who Batman is because there's already been 1,200 Batman movies. But if you're trying to assume that I know who Harley Quinn is and how many ways that she's been developed and shown in all the different ways that she has a relationship with Joker and just expect me to know that going into this movie and then take what you show me in this movie and look at it through that lens from without having her be in any other movie it's just like not a thing that you can assume right so okay now that we're past all of these secondary introductions we get my favorite part of this whole movie um so just to recap we've been introduced to Harley Quinn and Deadshot uh, yes. Viola Davis sits down and introduces us to Harley Quinn and Deadshot a second time. Yep. And then the title card drops. Yep. <laughs> and it says Suicide Squad. And then afterwards, we go right back into Viola Davis and they just start explaining more characters. More of these fucking dumbasses. I feel like this movie <laughs> it had all of the core components to be a decent movie. And somewhere, they put this guy in an editor's chair and was like, hey, I need you to click and drag and just put him in a random order, buddy. Just, here's <laughs> just like, here's a wheel. bunch of 15 second clips. It doesn't matter. Just, right. just toss him around. Because that's honestly what it feels like. Yeah. No, um, have you heard about the, the controversy around the editing in this movie? Well, yeah, it well, was edited I know by the, the, the trailer, trailer studio. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They they didn't like the way it was coming together with their professional editor they hired, but the trailers were doing so well. People were responding really well to the trailers. So they just hired that company to edit the whole movie, uh, <laughs> which I don't think – I don't know. Maybe that does happen it sometimes. It doesn't work. <laughs> but, yeah, it no. super didn't work this time. Um, so we we got to keep chugging along through this movie. Um, yeah. Some other how these introductions take too. <laughs> forever. So, by the way, we're okay. introduced to who that Australian guy with boomerangs, Captain Boomerang. Yep. Um, uh, the Hispanic guy with face tattoos and fire powers, who's probably uh, the best character in this movie. Yeah. Um, and who else? Who's the third guy? A Native American guy who dies immediately. No, we don't get introduced Same to him. Group. We explicitly do not get right. introduced he to him. Oh yeah, he just shows up, up and, uh-huh. and he just shows up and, and dies. Then, fucking dies. <laughs> yeah. He, he shows up and just decks a girl right next to him. And they're yeah, all yeah. like, whoa, and he's badass. And then everyone's badass. like, oh, he's cool. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> okay, but there's somebody we're forgetting about. It's Deadshot, Harley it's, Quinn, Australian guy, Croc. Hispanic guy. Oh, oh Killer Croc. 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 Big old, That's right, big old Killer Croc, Croc who serves absolutely no function in this movie whatsoever. I live underground. Do <laughs> no, he, blow, he helps them get the bomb there, except he doesn't sacrifice himself to blow it up. He just yeah. Harley Quinn thinks swims with dick. them for two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> My dick's got gills. So, oh. <laughs> Why does it need them? <laughs> That's for you to find out. <laughs> Why is it any different than a regular one? <laughs> I 
I can't breathe underwater, but my phallus my can. My dick can. Man, the shape of water got weird. Okay. So and we with get... all of these introductions, there's like these super stylized like sort of title cards that come up on screen with these goofy music cues. Yeah, this Trailer movie just company. wants to be Guardians of the Galaxy so badly. Yeah, and well, that's part of the thing, is that there's almost no score in this movie. Uh, it's no. all just pop songs that they've licensed. They're probably not even licensed, they're probably all just pop songs from Warner Brothers music that they slapped in because it was cheaper than hiring an actual composer. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and it, Yeah, so that's one of my biggest issues. Like, besides the fact that it's poorly put together... Just, like, ideologically with this movie is, like, these pop songs are so annoying, and they're slapped on so lazily. Like, um, there's the scene where they're all meeting up. This is a little bit later, but I'm going to talk about it right now. There's the scene where they're all, like, meeting up in the prison yard and, like, suiting up. Um, and it's set to Seven Nation Army. And they they use it terribly. Yeah, it's super doesn't work for the scene. And they don't edit the song in any capacity. It's like they literally just took the MP3 of Seven Nation Army from iTunes and, like, put it at the start of the sequence and just, like, let it roll and cut it off when they wanted to. There's absolutely no thought or intentionality behind it. That's what I'm saying. They put a random dude in a chair and told him to mix, (laughs) drag and drop whatever he wanted wherever. He's like, oh, man, I like this song. Put this here. Man, let me yeah, it's like somebody's dad's tasted music. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. But for a movie whose like whole entire thing is how colorful it was, like its whole thing was like this acid drop color. Like when you see like all the right. promotional stuff, it's like Suicide Squad. It's got like those pinks and the greens and the blues, and the whole movie is so not colorful. There's, like, no colors in this whole movie. Right, It's no, all, yeah. like, gray and black and brown. There's a lot and of purpley the... stuff near the end. Yeah, near the end. And, um, like, there are some scenes where it's really colorful, but, like, the majority of the movie is, like, a war scene where the city is being destroyed, and there's right. just, like, no color. And I thought it was so <clears throat> weird for a movie who was like, look how colorful we are! Right. So, okay, so here's where we're at. Um, Viola Davis has decided to put together this suicide s- squad... Um, in order to, to take on, Superman. yeah, basically, um, in, in order to take on problems that are too dangerous for like a regular police force, they're criminals, so we don't care if they die. Um, and then coincidentally, <laughs> but, uh, oh, and there's also the witch. Uh, they also reveal that, um, the enchantress, Viola, the enchantress uh, that Viola Davis has captured the heart of this uh, spirit mm. who's uh, taken over the body of this woman. And if she controls this physical object, she, like, has power over her. It can get her to do whatever they want. And so she's, like, the first member of the, the Suicide Squad. Um, and I gotta say, another one of the things that I think works for this movie that could have been a lot better in a better movie is the sort of, like, just off-the-walls, like, bonkers like eclecticness of it it's like mm-hmm. this guy's a hitman from the inner city this guy's a crocodile dude this lady is an aztec witch and later we're introduced to this samurai who captures people's souls in her blade when she kills them it's like yeah, yeah she doesn't everywhere. do anything in the movie <laughs> right but... but it's like we're everywhere all at once and like it's that's what i really like about it like it's so just bananas and all over the place and it feels mm-hmm. so intentional in that ideology you know and i think that works for it i 
really like the Enchantress's design and how she's edited. I think there's some re- there's some really cool scenes with her where she does some really cool and like spoopy things. Yeah. I wish uh, any female character in this movie wore clothes though. I do wish that. <laughs> and I love that shot where the Enchantress's like fingers come up from underneath. Yeah, hers, yeah, yeah, yeah. like they're holding her hand and like yeah. flips over and she's the enchantress that kicks ass that's like my favorite part yeah. of this whole movie is when that happens that's, and that's just like saying, the way like she the... moves and like that smoke particle effect is yeah. just so cool so I'm saying there's like one dude on the special effects team that I really enjoy <laughs> like yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you did it so yeah so all these people uh, they're hanging out in their jail cells and then the guards come and beat the shit out of them for some reason because yeah. presumably they just expect that they'll resist, so they just preemptively mm-hmm. beat the shit out of them before taking them to go fight crime. Um, okay. And there's That's this really okay. great bit where Viola Davis walks into Harley Quinn's cell, and yeah. she's immediately like, are you the devil? It's like, uh, because she's black, Harley Quinn? What do you Yeah, think? why does she say that? <laughs> there's no reason for her to say that. She doesn't know who this woman is. Yeah. This woman, like, in a business suit just, like, walks in and Harley Quinn's like, oh, shit, dog. <laughs> She's got a powerful aura, I guess. Yeah, I guess she so can feel stupid. the aura. I guess, also, Viola Davis should be kind of halfway on the list of why this movie's kind of decent, too. I, I don't know. I feel I'm not I that I don't she think acts she's in a this movie. Yeah, I mean, I think she's a talented actress. I think that her character's weird arc, not oh, even her so arc. I mean, first of all, she doesn't have an arc. Second of all... Yeah. Um, She's just like, angry. What happens to her doesn't make any goddamn sense, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, so Viola Davis assembles the squadron um, and sends them on a mission into the city to go rescue her, I guess. Yeah. Because <laughs> she's at ground zero of this attack. This attack, well, by the way, is brought on because the Enchantress... Uh, she lost control of the Enchantress, and she d- turned all of... I guess it's D.C., so it's not New York. It's whatever made-up city they're in. Metropolis. Um, it's, let's just say it's Gotham and move on. It's either Midtown or or Metropolis. I don't know. Midtown is the name of a section of New York City, so it's not that. <laughs> no, I know, but, but... I think it's Chicago. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, Thanks so... for the pity laugh, Jackson. <laughs> So the the center of this city is just like this swirling purple vortex for a while for no particular reason, just because it's a okay, supervillain no. explosion. So the, first of all, we skipped a bunch of stuff, so we have to go back. Yeah, Second this of is all, a weird we movie. I'm kind brother. of around. Yeah, no, the Enchantress is building a machine that'll end the world, question mark, because <laughs> she thinks that the modern humans worship machines instead of her. No, so but she's building why... machine to break the machines. I yeah, guess. but why the fuck does she think that? <laughs> um, because There's... she's from a tribe, and people from tribes are all dumb. There's not even, like, a scene where, like, someone's on their iPhone, and she's like, oh, millennials are always on their cell phone. <laughs> There's not even a scene like that. She just says that. She's like, they all worship machines. <laughs> And then that's um, her whole motive for everything she does for the, the rest of the That's the message. That's the one thing you're supposed to take away from this movie is that we worship machines. Yeah. yeah so apparently. we get to the city. They drop them no. all off. Oh, and by the way, um, Rick Flag is this guy 
who is sort of like overseeing them and he's this military guy and he's in love with the girl who's inhabiting the enchantress so he's got like a stake in the game um, you are missing you are skipping over like the best scene in this movie what, which one where they're gonna test out how good deadshot is at actually shooting things oh yeah and he fires the gun expecting it to be fake realizes it's real and then shoots the fuck out of all the dummies in the room that's like the coolest scene yeah. in the whole movie that's right. that is the coolest scene it's because it's like the fourth time we're like introduced to deadshot <laughs> So yeah, who's like, the only good character? All blends together to me. Yeah, that's true. There is that scene. Um, also, there's another thing from that part. Oh, also, the Joker is going around trying to figure out where Harley Quinn is because right. he doesn't know for some reason, and he keeps just like awkwardly sitting in gangsters' laps and stuff. Yeah, and it's so that, okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, the biggest flaw with Jared Leto's portrayal of the Joker is that when we're at, like, this, like, poker, underground poker, whatever, and this guy gets pulled into the back room and all these guys have guns and stuff, and it's like, oh, this is a really high-tension scene, and it's like, when the Joker walks into a room, I should be fucking terrified, right. because that's the Joker, and he's in the goddamn room, <laughs> but when Jared Leto Joker walks into a room... I am so uncomfortable that I want to just disappear. And I'm so embarrassed for everyone in this movie who ever had to be in a scene with Jared Leto. It's so weird and uncomfortable. It's not even, like, scary. It's just, oh my god, Jared, you're embarrassing yourself. The sad thing is, too, is I think he wanted that. I think that's yeah, exactly what Yeah, I think that's kind of what they're going yeah. for. Um... And I don't know, I don't have a huge problem with, like, the idea of the Joker in this. They make him a little bit less like an independent psychopath and a little bit more like a like a crime lord. Um, yeah. Which is different than the norm, but, you know, for this particular story, I don't necessarily mind very much. The one yeah. thing that I appreciate about... Excuse me. The one thing that I appreciate about the Joker in this is that he does give the story kind of a ticking clock for a while. Um... Because we have no, at this point, we have no reason to care about the giant CGI explosion that they're mm -hmm. presumably about to walk into. Uh, the one thing that you do care about is Harley Quinn keeps telling Deadshot, like, oh, my boyfriend's going to come get us and break us all out. He's going to be here any second now. So the whole time they're, like, walking into danger that I don't care about. That's the thing yeah. that I'm thinking about. I'm like, when's the Joker going to show up and shit's going to go down, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. And, you know, the payoff to that is not as good as you want it to be. But in the meantime, it's like, that's the thing that you can, that, that's sort of the, I know I already yeah. said it, but that's the ticking clock that gets, that builds the suspense a little bit in these sequences. That's the only thing that matters in this movie. <laughs> right. Okay. At some point after this, they're walking around and doing whatever. At some point, the Enchantress finds her brother and wakes him up. And he takes over a guy and stops a train and gets really big. And that's the thing that happens. Also, right, right. they never try to even come close to explaining what the hell Enchantress and her brother actually can do. Yeah, I literally wrote that down. I was like, man, I wish they told us what the brother did. So when he morphs into a train and takes over the souls of, like, five people, I'm like, oh, yeah, he can do this. Right. Okay, Um, I want to move back. I just – I got distracted from my notes, and there's one thing I want to touch on, which is mm -hmm. that, first of all, Margot Robbie is the most talented actress on the planet, and the fact that she's stuck playing Harley Quinn forever is a tragedy, A. Mm -hmm. Um. 
B, uh, I feel like in this movie, the version of Harley Quinn that she's trying to play is very different from the version that's actually in the script. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are some moments, like the scene where they're all coming together and she has that line where she's talking to the guy with fire powers and she's like, do you think you could light a cigarette with your pinky? Because that would be real classy. <laughs> it's like, it's hilarious. <laughs> like, and like her playing Harley Quinn is like this sort of like almost white trash, like, I'm trying to think of a good way to describe the version of Harley Quinn that she's bringing to this. Um, like, I don't Podunk. know. Yeah, like this almost like podunk Southern. And I know I shouldn't really be saying white trash, but that is like a, a really fit descriptor for the sort of vibe that she's giving <laughs> off. Um, I didn't know you were racist against white people, Jackson. (laughs) Well, it's a different thing because you're implying that if people are impoverished, they're automatically black and an impoverished white person is like a weird exception, you know? Anyway. Yeah, no, it's bad. I um, just decided to make fun of you. Whatever. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The, but like, that's just not what's in the script, you know? Like, I like this version of Harley Quinn. I like the persona that she's giving, but this, like, the story of it is totally a different thing. And I just, I wish we would have gotten the version that Harley Quinn, or that Margot Robbie actually was trying to make happen. I think that was an example of a good actor noticing a bad script and trying to do whatever (laughs) they could to save it. Right. Trying to do anything else. That said, though, um, the next movie with Harley Quinn in it is that Birds of Prey movie, which I'm very interested in. Um, I forgot that we were doing that. Yeah, so... Because it, it's been totally washed out of my mind because of the reboot of Suicide Squad. <laughs> okay, no, I have some I have some updates about that, by the way. Um, so James Gunn is directing Suicide Squad 2. Um, yeah. And for some reason, basically, I just think that they want to continue the Suicide Squad brand because people know it now. But they also want to yeah. distance themselves from the first movie as much as they can. <laughs> Um, So they're making a sequel to Suicide Squad with some of the same characters, but the DC marketing people are like, it's a reboot. It's totally new. It's a reboot. It's a whole new thing. It's not. It's still like the same thing. Um, And they also confirmed, for some reason, everybody was reporting that Idris Elba was going to be replacing Will Smith as Deadshot, and that's not the case. He's going to be playing a different character. Um, Hmm. So I feel a lot more comfortable with Suicide Squad 2 now. (laughs) Now that I understand it's not a reboot, truly, and that Idris Elba is not replacing Will Smith, which would have been the worst idea in the world. Yeah, because Will Smith actually did a good job. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Because he's Will Smith. So, uh, okay, but uh, Birds of Prey... Uh, is slated to come out in 2020, and they released a little teaser of it. It's got a female director. It's got Mary Elizabeth Winstead in it, um, and Ewan McGregor is the bad guy. And the title is "Birds of Prey" open parentheses and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn in parentheses, <laughs> which is like <laughs> I don't even necessarily like that as a title, but just the fact that it exists and that's what the name of this movie is gonna be has me like. <laughs> super interested it's got a lot of balls it, yeah it really does <laughs> um, we'll see how many of them it sucks <laughs> I... anyway what were we talking about before that i'm trying to 
figure out where we are in the plot of this movie because I just <laughs> I know, don't so know. So all over the place. Boy, uh, brother, brother eating train. I guess was clo- they yeah. dropped in the city. And then they're okay. So we're at the scene where they're all like getting suited up again to go fight the enchantress for a mystery reason that they don't know yet. Uh, and Harley Quinn has time to re-dye her hair in that scene, by the way. Um, <laughs> oh, I didn't then, that. Then, well, it's then probably because whatever that's... happens after was probably meant to happen earlier in the script, and they had to cut around it. Yeah. It's because the randomizer guy <laughs> moved the clip in the wrong spot. Yeah. No, so that that's when we get introduced to Native American guy who dies immediately and punches yeah. a woman in the face. <laughs> Um, cause yeah, cause oh, we just needed somebody to die to show that the, to die. that like the government people aren't fucking around and they will kill them. Um, yeah. except I but, wish that they had actually had some balls and just made a character actually introduced first. Yeah, so we were surprised when exactly. that happened. Yeah. Like, Literally they show you his, the yeah. Like every other character has gotten their own like explicit title card and like intro sequence where Viola Davis is like narrating their backstory. Um, and then this guy just shows up when they all show up in the city and they're like, uh, he's this other guy. Check him out. Okay, move on. And you're like, okay, well, he's going to die. I don't care. And it's yeah, like, like immediately. This movie thinks, I think, anyone is going to die randomly because they killed some useless character. But, like, we don't think you're going to kill anybody because you just killed a useless character. And then later in the movie, they try to tell you that they killed the Joker or that Harley Quinn is dead. And we're like, <laughs> right. this, this movie does not have the balls to kill any important character. <laughs> um. So, okay, so are we past the Harley Quinn Joker flashback yet? No. I have we no idea where that just... happens in the movie. <laughs> I wrote a note about Which it. Which so one? Aren't there know. like three or something? Yeah, there's a lot. Are there? I'm talking about the scene where the one where she jumps in the ass. Yeah, I am because I don't understand any part of that scene. Yeah, I don't. Okay, we'll talk about when we get there. So they just got into the city and they're like, "Oh, why are we in the city? What are we doing?" And then they see the soldiers and the soldiers are all weird, metal dead people, whatever. And they're like, "Oh, you lied to us." Because, yeah, it's and like... It's, it's more of shooting things that we've established or not hurt when they get shot. Yeah. Um, just like in every movie ever. Yeah, and the action is super lazy and, like, poorly choreographed and not interesting at all. It's all yeah. super boring. It's basically like, hey, let's make them all shoot for a little bit. Oh, and then Deadshot wins. Yeah, yeah. it's it's like, you know, let's just get some B-roll of all the characters, like, shooting things. Um, yeah. And then in post, we can CG some shots of things getting shot. Yeah. And then they're like, where did all these soldiers come from? And then there's a shot of sexy enchantress kissing a bunch of dudes. And when she kisses them, they turn into her soldiers because it's DC and fuck you. Right. Um, and okay. Um, sorry, just a second. Uh, one of the, basically what I like about this movie is I think the characters mostly are quite good. Um, I like Deadshot, and I like Harley yes. Quinn, and yes. I like the guy with the fire powers a lot, and yes. I like um, the Enchantress and Rick Flagg and their, like, sort of dynamic. Um, yeah. I mean, I should say, I don't like the Enchantress as a character, but I like the person that she takes over as a character, if that makes sense. Whatever her name was. Yeah. Um, June or something? Yeah. Judy? Basically, in my mind, if the movie had, like, these five characters in them and nothing else, it would be a lot, lot, lot better. 
Um, and like, I don't know. And everything else just feels so extraneous. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Why are we doing the rest of this? <laughs> I mean, you can just stop the podcast here. To be honest, it's a movie. Oh, oh, that's what you mean. I thought you were talking to me. Like, why are we even no. talking about the rest of this movie? Jackson, I'm done. I can't talk honest, about Suicide Squad anymore. To be honest, it feels like the movie kind of just does that, though. It's like true. And now if there's a final fight. Like we all sat around in a bar for a bit. Because we got said oh, yeah. that we weren't going to fight. And now I guess we're fighting because... Yeah. yeah. And no, this movie? movie just, like, ends <laughs> like, out of nowhere. Like, so, oh, yeah, it's been an hour. Okay, time to wrap things up, boys. <laughs> I don't know where we are in the movie, but I'm going to move to the Joker-Harley Quinn flashback. Because I think that's... Okay, wait, no, we've got, we've got one scene before that. Okay. Uh, So they're going through, and they're trying to get to the place where they're going. Uh, and they're fighting all these guys, and Harley Quinn gets into an elevator, and we're like, oh no, Harley Quinn's leaving us, but she's not, she's just going to an elevator. Um, okay. And then Deadshot is like, hey Diablo, use your powers, because we're getting our asses kicked. And Diablo's like, no, I don't wanna. And Deadshot's <laughs> like, do it. And he's like, okay. And then he shoots his fire everywhere. <laughs> Which would have been really cool if we hadn't already seen Diablo use his powers. Yeah, but he didn't because... use them in a violent way. He didn't use them but, against like, no, somebody. No, we saw him burn saw down the... a whole definitely photoshopped and over a green screen, like, fight yard. Like, we saw him kill a bunch of people. Well, oh, yeah, that was one of the things yard. that made him want to give up violence, though. That was in his past. No, I'm just saying if we hadn't seen his fire powers before, other than just, like, the little finger tricks that he does, and suddenly he's like, (laughs) then that would have been really cool. I thought you meant just, just, like, like, from a character perspective. You just mean from, like, an audience perspective, not being used to seeing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. And then they get to the area, and we realize that we're saving the lady... And then yeah, the lady so what is... gets in the helicopter that crashes. Yeah, so we're on... By the way, that helicopter crash you referenced is the second helicopter crash out of four in this movie. Um, yes. But why... So, okay. So presumably they show up to this building they've been trying to get to, and Viola Davis is there. And that's like a twist, I guess, that they're like, oh, the person we were trying to save was Viola Davis this whole time. Yeah. But I, how could she have been there? Like you're right, because she, she was, I guess. She put the whole team together. She visited the. I guess the whole explosion only happened recently. I guess it could make sense if I wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt, um, but yeah. I don't. Um, well, but and it's they're a military. They twist. have helicopters, man. She just moves real fast. Yeah, and yeah. some of them don't crash. But it's just like I don't know. It's a weird twist because, like, I don't know. I don't know even I know how to say, articulate. It's like, I didn't want that to be the case at all. Like, no part of yeah, me was even considering yeah. that. I don't know. I will say, I I didn't notice this until watching it this time. She just straight up ices, like, seven people when she leaves yeah. that building. She's <laughs> yeah, just yeah, yeah. straight up like, nah, they're all dead. <laughs> they're trying to set... Okay, they're, they're this weird problem, because the crux of the movie is that the bad guys are the protagonists. They're doing the good thing. And so the quote-unquote antagonist is this lady. But because of that flip-flop, that means she's technically the good guy. Like, she's the good person who the bad guys are having a disagreement with. Right. But because the bad guys are heroes, 
they're like, well, the audience has to not like this lady, so we'll just make her a huge bitch and then pretend that she's likable and a good person later. Right. Yeah, it's, I guess. Just... I don't know. The morality of this movie is like, I don't even find it. It doesn't. Like, it's not. Yeah, I don't even find it reprehensible or anything. I just think it's confusing. It just doesn't have any. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, we are now at the Joker Harley Quinn flashback. Okay. It doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, we get this flashback of like, uh, Harley Quinn was the Joker's psychiatrist in prison, and we and she falls in love with him, and we flash forward to them above this like toxic waste or whatever. Um, and it's so basically the seed is like Harley Quinn, like fully committing herself to the Joker, which is all part of her story arc. And I kind of get that. Um, which is fine. Yeah. And the Joker has this line that is like straight out of a My Chemical Romance song where he's like, <laughs> would you die for me? And she's like, uh, and he's like, no, 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 no. That's too easy. Would you live for me? I was like, oh, so deep. Like, <laughs> oh, that is I a Tumblr go write that on board. my journal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to write that on all my homework assignments in the corner in fancy text. Um, yeah. <laughs> but okay, then... so, okay, 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 okay. So then she, like, swan dives into this weird vats of whatever that are below them. We don't know what it is. We don't know what it's supposed we to be. We don't know what it is or what it does or even if it does anything because I'm pretty sure it doesn't. So she falls into it <laughs> and then the Joker is, like, ready to walk away. Then he's it... like, oh, no, damn it, I love her. And he runs back and jumps into the acid after her. But then, okay, so they're in the acid. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to in the acid. They're like making out and laughing, and they're just chilling out in the acid, which pretty much tells me that whatever this stuff was wasn't bad, because they're just chilling in it. Well, and also their clothes are all like tattered, as if their clothes are being melted off of them. Do you guys know the 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 Joker story at all? Is it this? uh, Oh well, I mean, yeah. When he became the Joker, he fell into a bunch of toxic waste that like fucked up his whole shit because he was already a criminal and Batman. So 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 he was a a crazy mess murderer dude. Yeah. Batman got all up in his grill and he falls in this. It's like I I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's like some nerd on the internet. I'm sure no nerds allowed. Fucking nerds are gonna (laughs) comment that I'm wrong about this in some way. But I have more specifics than you do. So screw all the nerds. I could look it up for everything right, but I'm not a nerd because no nerds allowed. No, I'm fine. Uh, but I'm not okay. It's like, I'm fine. Yeah, it's so I'm it's like perfect. it's like acid, but it's also like like bleachy stuff because it's supposed to be in like a, a fabric dyeing place. And that's why so his skin's white. That's why. So it ble- like basically bleaches his whole skin, and her doing that is also doing that to her skin. And the reason their clothes are melting is because it's specifically like a fabric bleach like chemical yeah. okay so they're okay, close that's... that's why the dye mixes into it because it's specifically for that gotcha that's all good and fine as a story element where harley also jumps into the stuff that made the joker his whatever that's fine i'm saying in the reality of the scene that i'm watching with my own two eyes they are just kicking it and the stuff <laughs> that the movie kind of told me was deadly yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. In and when then I they say both get out and they're both fine, and we don't DC talk movies, about it ever again. DC movies like... just expect you to know, but I don't. That's yeah, what I exactly. don't understand. Yeah. Like, even I don't know all the details, and I know way more than the average person about that. Right? <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's like so... a specific thing. Maybe it's like in Futurama where they're like, "Oh, if you go in that water, you'll turn into a mutant." 
but Leela's already a mutant, so she goes into it and it's fine. Uh, so it's like, <laughs> no, oh, if you go I... in there, you'll turn into a bleach, a bleachy whitey Joker guy, babe. and boy. <laughs> Harley Quinn turns into a bleachy boy. But she doesn't, is my point. She kind of does. I don't know. She has like pale no. skin, right? No, there's no. She does in that. Well... affects Harley Quinn is already insane before she jumps into the vat. So why no, did no, no, they have to jump into the vat? Because because in the comics it does totally bleach her skin white as the same as his. In the comics. I know. What I'm saying is it's their what own. We're what I'm saying is they're they're paying they're they're trying to set it up no, no, for no, no, a no, payoff no. that they haven't set up for. <laughs> I totally understand this scene in the context of the story of Harley Quinn and Joker. I'm talking about in this movie. No, that's what I'm. Me I, we're, watching it we're in agree- the context of the rest of the movie. We're saying the same thing. It doesn't I'm do saying, anything. Yeah, because you don't know because you you haven't gone. That's what. I'm, yeah, it frustrates me so much. <laughs> I maybe like I don't know. I guess maybe. Are, are we supposed to believe that Harley Quinn has abnormally pale skin in this movie, or is she just a, a girl? They set up the fact that she jumped in the acid, and I'm not everything talking about the else... acid. I'm just talking about it in general. No, I don't think so. I didn't get that at all. I don't know. I Maybe don't they know. wanted to sort of have <laughs> that, but they were afraid that if they actually did that, she would be less pretty. Probably. <laughs> Well, okay, but what makes me even mad is, this is a stupid thing to be mad about, but there there is like a million iterations of Harley Quinn, and some are better than others. There's some really good Harley Quinns, and there's kind of Sapar Harley Quinns, and there's this weird Harley Quinn. But there's a scene where Harley Quinn in this movie is like wearing the full like Harley Quinn suit, oh, yeah. and it looks cool as hell, and they just kind of like gloss over it, because they're like, oh, we decided not to do that, don't look at how cool that is. <laughs> Well, because that's that's an homage to a famous Alex Ross cover. Yeah, where they're dancing in the spotlight. Yeah. I know the comic book cover. I know. Okay. Uh, also, I just want to point out that a little bit earlier you tripped over your words and you definitely said Hillary Quinn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just want that to be known. I want to make sure that we don't skip entirely past that. Um, <laughs> Are you super sure? <laughs> yes, I'm super sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, we can't keep talking about that same scene. Um, okay. Uh, and then the Joker shows up. Yeah, then the Joker finally shows up and crashes another helicopter. Yeah, um, uh, and then Harley and the Joker in the helicopter, and then the helicopter crashes, and the movie's like, and then the Joker died! And everyone who has a brain is like, no, he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> but I do appreciate... See, there's, like, the inklings of, like, a really good character arc for Harley Quinn throughout this movie. Because yep. taking Harley Quinn and making her the focus, rather than the Joker... And intentionally, like, the tragedy of her character is that she's completely given up everything before to entirely define herself by this man that she's attached herself to. And mm-hmm. killing that man is really, really smart. Even if it's a fake killing. Yeah, it would killing, have been super cool. I, right. Like, even I if it's fake. I would have loved to see Jared Leto die. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying okay. even though it's not real and we know that he's dead, it's real enough for Harley Quinn because she believes that. Um, oh, And okay. I'm saying, like fake killing the joker is great is a great story beat for harley quinn in the like within the context and the themes of the movie yeah because she has to sort of learn to live again without like the singular thing that she's been basing her whole life around yeah okay thanks guys (laughs) you're welcome okay so we have we do a bunch of stuff. Uh, the enchantress gets her heart back. 
from the lady. Uh, and so I'm gonna, I've been, like, getting on and off of my feminism soapbox, so I'm gonna hop back on it again. <laughs> because the cool Aztec god brother is a super big, like, Pacific Rim metal fire monster dude. Uh, and then this his sister... Pacific Rim looks like, but continue. And then his sister at full power is just a sexy girl in a dress. <laughs> yeah. Why can't she be super cool? Why does she have to be sexy? Let her be cool. The Enchantress can be cool. She should God, be like sexy is cool, Adeline. Shut up. <laughs> Get out. Why are you telling women what they can and can't wear, Adeline? Because someone else designed that outfit. <laughs> she um... didn't design it and wear it. <laughs> So, uh, so everyone has to design their own outfits? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is the tea, Ethan. Yes, they do. And I believe that, and I will not go back on it ever. <laughs> I'm not revisiting it or defining it in any way. Um, there's a point in my notes here where I just wrote down, what are we even doing anymore? <laughs> Which... Okay, so Harley Quinn is back. And they save the lady, and then the lady crashed a helicopter, and then all of the army dudes are like, fuck, we gotta go get that helicopter that just crashed. And all of our heroes are like, uh, I don't want to do that, so they go to a bar, and they <laughs> yeah. just hang out for a second. Which... And that's when they really push that family dynamic out of just nowhere. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, is like, I feel like this scene is like the Batman vs. Superman of this movie. Because, like, there's some stuff in there that, like, really, really, really works. And yeah. there's some stuff that doesn't make any fucking sense at all. Yeah. We're like, she. what's the dialogue exchange between Harley Quinn and Killer Croc? Because it's stupid. Uh, she says, all, we're all ugly on the inside, except for Killer Croc. He's ugly on the outside, too. And then he says, nah, bitch, I'm beautiful. And then Harley Quinn says, I'd love to put your dick inside me. Um, or something like that. I heard say those exact uh, words myself. safe word. <laughs> Podcast safe word. Okay. <laughs> Please never say that ever again. Wait, I'm confused. Was there an actual hey, Jackson, word or was brother? podcast safe word the word? <laughs> my human brother, can you never say that ever again? Okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> well, what if Jackson is gay? Huh? What if he turns out? What if he comes out gay, of the closet? <laughs> then you then you're gonna tell him to never say that never ever say again. <laughs> We've got That's so terrible. <laughs> Okay, so, like, I don't know, I can't even... <laughs> You're not even gonna touch that. No. Uh, we gotta move on. I just, I wanna talk about that bar scene, though, because I can't remember... I should have taken more exhaustive notes on it, because I can't remember precisely how it all goes down. Point is, they really expound on the fire guy, I can't remember his name, but they really expound on his Diablo. character and his past and all that stuff, and it's really cool, and they show him, like, with his family before he, like, killed them by mistake, and it's really sad. And then Harley Quinn's like, stop being a pussy and just be a murderer. <laughs> and I'm like, I yeah. don't know. I'm confused by the morality of this movie again. Yeah. Um, She's just like, own that shit. Yeah. It's like the fact that you murdered your children. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you talking about, Harley? It's like meant to be this really dramatic scene, but I don't understand it at all. See, like, I don't I even know what anybody's really trying like to say. I really like that part, actually, because I feel like that's the one part where we actually see bad guys at least be semblances of bad guys. Right. Like, like yeah. there's not, like, the whole time they've just done hero-y shit. And I know that they've been forced into it, but I, 
I want to see someone have no remorse for killing someone because they're <laughs> yeah. bad guys. I, th- I think that's, like, the part of the movie where the movie doesn't have any balls. It's like, well, they're the, they're the protagonists. They can't be all bad. I don't know. Mm. It's just like, and I just don't know what they're trying to do with that. Especially yeah, with know. Harley Quinn's arc and her character. Like, yeah. she, I don't know. I just don't get it. I just don't understand what it's meant to, I don't, I don't know what it's meant to be. I don't know what they're trying to do with it. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Okay, I also wrote down, why does every character have a dead girlfriend or kids? So, Diablo has a right. dead girlfriend, has a dead wife. And dead kids. Uh, Boomerang has a dead girlfriend. And everyone else, I get, Army Dude is fighting for his girlfriend. Yeah, and no, Harley Quinn I'm has a dead boyfriend a now, and the Japanese girl has a dead husband. Oh, it's, Japanese lady has a dead husband. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely on purpose. It's not like, oh, why don't Disney princesses never have moms? Um, yeah. it's more like, that's definitely a theme in the movie, which I, I can't help but feel like it was a more explicit theme in earlier drafts, and, like, just the remnants of it still kind of exist, and the fact that everybody coincidentally has a dead spouse. Yeah. <laughs> um. I, it's just not the most original thing on the planet. Yeah. I feel like everybody has well, a dead spouse. <laughs> well, and they, like, they don't really do much with it, really. No, except for this one weird scene. I said they just need someone to fight for, man. Yeah, true, 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 yeah. true. Um, Let's all get fridged. <laughs> Adeline, I'm going to kill you. I'm, I'm going to fridge you, Jackson. I'm going to kill you right dead. Okay. Get fridged. <laughs> also, soon afterwards, they're like, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to be the good guys, and we're going to take down the big CGI monster. Uh, shortly and afterwards, then... the Australian guy grabs a boomerang and throws it and pilots it like a drone with a live feed to his <laughs> smartphone and like i know that's a very cinema sins thing to say but like what the fuck was up with that yeah i literally <laughs> blocked that out like i was just it's... like this might as well happen <laughs> this movie's already so goddamn weird <laughs> so then they go to fight the giant bad guy um and then they do and they win. Yep. And the movie's over at the end. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I um, will say the the coolest shot in this whole movie is Harley Quinn throwing her pistol to Deadshot. <laughs> yes. That is pretty agreed. Cool. Because that whole like fifteen seconds is like movie <laughs> porn. I just okay, like but Oh it's I can't so write good. this down. But there's definitely like a full hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I just dropped my phone. There's definitely like a full minute that's just in slow motion. Yeah. And a lot of it didn't need to be in slow motion. <laughs> I will agree with that. Like Harley Quinn throwing the gun to Deadshot and him catching it and firing. Like that could be in slow motion. That's a really cool shot. But then like everything before and after that for like a solid minute is like still in slow motion. And it's like, okay, this movie's <laughs> oh two gosh. hours long. Let's go. It doesn't have an ending. Move faster. Okay. You know what? I... Go ahead, Ethan. I want that picture of Will Smith screaming in uh, Suicide Squad <laughs> as my screensaver. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in that last sequence, there's a bit where Deadshot is about to shoot... The killing blow, I guess. Um, yeah. But then all of a sudden, he sees his young daughter in front of him, saying, don't do it, daddy. Killing is wrong, I guess. 
Um, yeah. But that it doesn't make sense. Well, it's because it's the Enchantress doing it, so I was like, this doesn't make any sense, but it's the Enchantress doing it, so it doesn't have to. Oh, I, I guess that... I guess I didn't read it like that. I read it like it was just his no. conscience, but I guess it no. Remember been a, because a before that, the Enchantress shows all the bad guys like the great things that they want, and if they don't fight her, that they can have them. Right, and, and there's which that's is actually cool, a really cool story way. beat where Harley Quinn's thing is that like she and the Joker have like settled down and gotten real lives, yeah. and they're like married and have kids, and that's a really cool scene. Yeah, uh, but no, they there's... don't do anything with it yeah. because Diablo's <laughs> like it's not real. <laughs> but like that and there's also a moment we kind of skipped over earlier right after the Joker dies where um Harley Quinn is like just like staring off into nothingness like presumably just thinking um and then somebody comes up and is like hey Harley and she like immediately like turns back on again you know and she's like hey the boys how's nice to meet ya or whatever the fuck she says um and it's really <laughs> something Harley Quinn-esque <laughs> yeah um and it's, like, this really interesting moment of, like, just, like, I don't know. It's just a really, really good and nuanced character beat in that moment that I really, really like. Um, and as well, later when they move on to, like, her, like, they basically revealing that even this thing that she's completely given herself up to, she's having to completely give up any semblance of the life of what she truly wants, you know? Mm-hmm. Because obviously that will never, ever, ever happen. And she has to yeah. know that. Like, I don't believe that we're being led to believe that Harley Quinn is just delusional and she thinks that someday she'll get that and she'll convince the Joker to have a house and a baby or whatever. Yeah, that she can change the Joker. Right. I think way. we're meant to believe that she had to knowingly give up that sort of d- domestic life that she wants in order to become Harley Quinn, you know? Well, and I think that's, like, the only connection between the Harley Quinn that the actress was trying to portray and then the Harley Quinn that the movie was trying to portray. Because the Harley Quinn in that dream sequence is, like, has her, like, hair up in curls and her clothes are messy. Like, total just, like, stereotypical middle middle America mom. Yeah. It's, like... I feel like Harley Quinn genuinely just wants to be a person. Yeah. And she just can't have that. I was going to say, yeah, even her dream version of herself doesn't look anything like it is right now. Mm hmm. It's because Joker, he's too messed up for real life. <laughs> he can't do it. Is that a song lyric? No, no, no. no it's my brain. <laughs> you just delivered that like it was the intro to a rap song. <laughs> He's got a tattoo on his forehead. He's too too messed up for real life. (laughs) Not for. (laughs) Did you guys? uh, Oh wait, actually, I was just about to go way off track, but I mean, do it. We're kind of out of movie. movie. Uh, Do you guys see that Polygon the best the the real Pokemon rap? (laughs) Yeah, of course, of course. Because that's a fantastic video. (laughs) Uh, BDG is just like everything in my life right now. A new new rule for the podcast: We're not allowed to say something is everything ever. Why? I don't know. I just hate it. I hate <laughs> I it when don't people. Get that one. I really. People are like, okay. oh, podcast I love... safe word. <laughs> podcast. Yeah, 
I love Suicide Squad. Uh, Suicide Squad is everything. Or like a funny post on Twitter, and they're like, "This is everything." I don't know. I don't know why. I just I hate that. <laughs> Listen, I really like Brian David Gilbert. I'm not Leave saying you can't. I'm just saying don't <laughs> say that Brian David Gilbert is everything. I hate that. <laughs> it makes me sound like a teenage girl who has like posters of him up in my room. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I know. That's why I hate it. <laughs> I do really like Brian David Gilbert, though, and he is a role model of mine, so... Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> On a side note. In short, he is everything. everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, the... <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, uh, I have... Between that coming out and me playing uh, a copy of Pokemon Crystal that I bought in Kennewick a little while ago, I've been, I've had, like, a lot of Pokemon energy in my life lately, <laughs> that I want to direct at something. Like, I need some kind of a project, and I don't know what it I'm, should be. I'm telling be. you, write a Pokemon folk song. I don't want to write a Pokemon folk oh. song, because every time I try to write a song that's about something, I do a super no, bad job. I this, this is a genius idea that one of my coworkers actually came up with. You know, like, how there's, like, Dragon Ball Z abridged and, like, Yu-Gi-Oh abridged? <laughs> there's okay. no Pokemon abridged. I yet. don't want to do that. <laughs> All I'm saying is Why that's are we even here, Jackson? an untapped market. Okay. I had an idea that was like, what if I were to like chronicle me putting together like a real competitive Pokemon team in a game and like show every tiny infinitesimal thing that goes into making a Pokemon team actually like competitively viable because it's fucking crazy. Um, mm -hmm. It would be like a combination vlog, let's play, video essay. Um but, like, there's no way to capture footage on a 3DS. And, like... There is? Yeah, well, it's I looked into terrible. it. And the only thing... It's, like, there are two options. One um, is <laughs> there are a whole bunch of people saying you should just set up your iPhone on a stand and put your 3DS in front of it and just <laughs> record with the camera. And I'm like, okay, fuck that. That's the worst thing in the world. Um, <laughs> and the other option is you can just send it off to, like, a third-party person for like 50 bucks and you send your ds to them and they'll install some like aftermarket hardware in it so you can record footage with it oh yeah it's probably it's just basically jailbreaking it yeah which is super weird I don't, um yeah i don't trust like that exactly um i don't know maybe maybe i'll go for it eventually but like i don't know uh, I want you to could do probably something. find someone local who you could like actually talk to, who Maybe. knows how to yeah, do it. If be you like, want to. Hey, please don't break my DS. <laughs> Maybe I'll just because, read some WikiHows and figure out how to do the, it myself. That's also true, but the jailbreaking market is is a little sketch, but also is like a bunch of people who really just want to are just really into doing <laughs> it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had a friend in high school who like that was his high school job is he would jailbreak people's phones and whatever they wanted. He was like. Give me your stuff. Give me fifty bucks. I'll hand it back to you a week later, and it'll be jailbroken. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Do people still do that with iPhones? Is that really like a thing people are still into? Uh, I feel like yes. I know <laughs> Apple gets really mad about it right. when you do it with their computers. I mean, take it this way: it turns everything on the App Store to free. There are definitely still people doing it. <laughs> oh, really? Does yeah. it? Wow. Yes. Yeah. It it literally gets rid of because it's jailbroken, so it just has no no blocks on anything. Wow. Hmm. Uh, I need to make some calls. <laughs> I mean, pretty much, honestly. There's no reason that... if The only reason people don't jailbreak their phones is because they're scared it'll break it. But if you know yeah. someone who knows how to do it, like, 
There's no reason not to, really. <laughs> well, and plus, um, if you take it to any Apple place to, like, repair it or anything, if it's jailbroken, they'll just be like, fuck you. So yeah. that's a, that's a <laughs> big risk. Uh, okay. See, but Chad, I don't have Apple anyway. So. flip you off. <laughs> yeah. All right, should we should talk about our <laughs> secondary things. We can't have another two-hour podcast. Yeah, okay, so... Uh, after Harry Potter. Ethan, do you want to go first? Do you have a secondary... Do you have a Second Amendment to discuss? Um, I mean, it's not really, like... It's just it's just what I've been doing lately, which is kind of what I've been doing for a while, but, like, I'm, I'm like, really getting into it. You know, I'm, I'm just, it's just Melee, and I'm, I could talk about it for a while, <laughs> and I know you guys don't really want me to, but I've now gone to two <laughs> tournaments... And like the local scene, there's like some really cool guys there. I'm I'm just having a good time playing a Ethan, lot of melee me with new clear. people. This is the only medium platform or time where I will ask you and actually want you to talk about melee. <laughs> Please go crazy. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. If well... you try to talk to me about melee ever again outside of this, <laughs> I will name you. You know that's that's fair. Uh, I've. Uh... Here, here's here's what I'll what I'll make my keynote on. I have now <laughs> discovered about melee. Yeah, this is, this is my <laughs> this is Ethan's very very minimal melee experience TED talk. You ready? Tournament nerves are a very real thing. Uh, the I I heard from a pro player very recently uh, that something you can do in practice ten times in a row you can do one time in a friendly game. And something you can do ten times in a friendly game, you can do one time in a fr- tournament set. And I did not believe him until I went to a tournament and could not do any of the things I knew I could do. <laughs> so yeah, pretty much the only way I've discovered to actually get better at tournaments is to just keep going because just go to tournaments. Oh, you mean? oh my goodness, dude, it's so different than just sitting in your room in your sweats. It's huh. so different. Oh yeah, I've been playing a lot of Ultimate, um, and I've been I've been mating Piranha Plant. Um, and I've actually, my, I, I don't want to use global smash power as an indicator because I was very bad at first and I got my global smash well, power down to like is... 3000 or some like horribly GSP low number. Is just, it's trash. It doesn't, it doesn't really mean much. Anyway, anyway, but the point is on my regular, just online matches, I feel like I'm winning like more than I'm losing finally. And I feel like maybe I live on a college campus, so I probably can find a smash ultimate. <laughs> Uh, you can find one scene. in two seconds. I yeah. guarantee it. <laughs> it. Ultimate is so big right now. It's it's hard oh, to, yeah. for me to find melee tournaments because everyone is doing ultimate tournaments. Yeah, so ultimate fucking rules and re- so melee fucking melee, rules. But, but please so keep talking about melee because you yeah. are very passionate about it. Hey. Yes. Hey, Mister. I can fully admit that ultimate is a better Smash game, <laughs> but I can fully admit as well that melee is a better fighting game. Okay, sure. That is where I will rest my case on Ultimate versus Melee. Because I very much no, enjoy them You know them what? Both. I totally agree with you. Because I do not like fighting games. <laughs> so that probably makes a lot of sense. No, Melee, Melee is very... Most fighting games are a lot more technical in that you need to press buttons in a specific order faster. Right, it's like combination-based. No, yeah, and no Smash game really has that challenge except for Melee. And even Ultimate that has advanced tech gives you things like the buffer system to where you don't have to practice for 20 hours to do something because the buffer system exists. 
So ultimate is basically like more approachable melee. At least that's how I look at it. Right. From a competitive standpoint. <laughs> and that's also why I I personally I will play ultimate any day of the week. Don't get me wrong. Anytime <laughs> once to, someone wants to play ultimate, I'm not going to say no. But I would much rather prefer to compete in melee because to me it's just a better competitive game. The um, do you want to go into some of the specifics about what kind of things you're talking about? Like what what are some of the quote unquote technical things that are uh, so specific? Sure. To melee? Yeah. Uh, the most the two most basic that everyone will tell you are like bread and butter. If you don't know how to do this, you basically don't play melee anyway. Are uh, <laughs> L cancels and wave dashes. So. In, in a, it's it's really good the ultimate's out now because I can use a lot of those examples to <laughs> to to even things out because it's kind of the halfway point between Smash and <laughs> Melee, <laughs> right? Because at this point they're kind of two different things. But um, aerials are pretty much the best moves because they let you move while you're using them, which no grounded attack lets you do that. So basically, you have more control over your follow-ups. So when you're using an aerial in melee, if you press L or R anywhere seven frames before you hit the ground, uh, it halves your aerial landing lag. So basically, I can act out of an aerial attack just two times faster than you if I can hit every L cancel, uh, which you would imagine <laughs> changes the entire game. <laughs> right. How is that different? Just with one. Because that system has been there in every other Smash game since then, right? What makes it different in Melee? Well, you mean, like, when you've been hit and you're, like, spiraling as you're falling down, like, saving yourself by No, shielding? no, that's a tech. Teching is landing with a with a dodge or a... That's that's teching. Uh, L-canceling is as, you're land, as you, the attacker, oh. are landing. You press L or R, and it halves... So, like, so like you know in... Uh, uh, ultimate, if you do a, uh, an aerial with a lot of lag, you do this whole, like, crouch down right. and stand back up animation when you land the ground. If you if there was L-canceling in Ultimate, when you crouch down and stand back up like that, it would lo- the actual anima- animation would move two times faster. Okay. So it's it halves the amount of time that you have to stand there after an aerial is done. Huh. Um, which, which just literally... I don't mean to interrupt. But the lights keep flickering in this room, and every time they do, the audio cuts out for a second. So just know that if my power goes out, you're going to hear me fear yell. <laughs> so just be prepared for that. Wow. Good to know. Okay. Um, Why are you and, so afraid and... of your power going out? <laughs> it's going to scare the crap out of me. I'm just telling you now. Uh, and the other mechanic is wave dashing, which is... Uh, you can technically do it in Ultimate, it's just useless because of how they made air dodging work. So, before, uh, uh, oh, L-canceling also isn't in any Smash game after Melee. It's right. in 64, but it's called Z-canceling, because there was only a Z button, no L or R, obviously. <laughs> um, but, uh, so the way air dodges worked in Melee is there, there was directional, uh, momentum to them as well. So when you when you input an air dodge, you could go in any of the eight directions, the notches on the GameCube controller. You could also go in between notches if you're precise enough. But um, you can you can air dodge in a direction. What people very quickly figured out is that aerial momentum and ground momentum stack. So if you air dodge diagonally into the ground fast enough after hopping into the air, 
your momentum carries onto the ground. So you you get all of the sideways momentum without having to input a dash, which means that instead of when you dash, the basically the only attack you can do out of dash attack is, uh, uh, I mean, out of dash is a dash attack. You can't do any of your smash attacks. You can't do any of your B specials. You just dash. They changed that in Ultimate. You can do anything out of a dash now in Ultimate. Um, but previously in other games, you couldn't do anything out of a dash other than a dash attack. But a wave dash still remains, uh, still keeps you in the standing animation. It doesn't actually activate a dash because it's the aerial momentum, not the ground momentum that's moving you. So you can do anything out of a wave dash. Uh, it's also basically how all combos are strung together is like wave dashing in between moves. So I'm going to aerial, I'm going to L cancel to remove the lag, and then I'm going to wave dash through you to end up on the other side and then aerial you again. Uh, it, it just leaves your options open with still moving you as fast as a dash. So basically those two things are why melee is... And that's only the beginning of how much <laughs> stupid, ridiculous tech is in this game. Like, to, for, for a good example, the past couple days I have spent three hours total practicing a mechanic that takes half a second that I will use maximum four times a game. <laughs> so I literally have cool, practiced three fun. hours, three <laughs> hours of practice for, in a practical game, probably two seconds of game time. <laughs> That's how advanced the the mechanics are, and how precise you need to be with your inputs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that sounds uh, horrible to me, but I don't know. I guess thousands of people are super into the reason, it. So. The reason the reason that I'm so into it is because I, I I've said this with every person I've ever actually talked like about real technical smash with. Once you see it, you cannot go back. Once you, it's it's almost like a language in that there's so much happening that you have to actually understand it to know what the players are doing, you right. know. So once you actually understand all of it, it's it's honestly a beautiful, beautiful language. It's you you get to watch how the other players are interacting with each other, and I've never seen a game do it as intricately as Melee does. Just because there's so many options, you get to actually see personalities come out in play. Excellent. <laughs> that, wow. That's, that's, that's really right. sarcastic. That was just no, meant to be me being like, okay, and now we're but done. I'm going to move yeah. on to the next thing. But the line between <laughs> transition worry. voice and sarcastic voice is very thin. <laughs> yeah, that's why I've spent so much time, all right? I'm developing my melee personality. <laughs> okay, Adeline, how would you... What Your you, melee soda, if you will. <laughs> who do you main in melee, by the way? Falco every day, boy. Falco? That's dumb. Falco looks like a big, dumb guy. Yeah, except too bad he has more combo options than any character in that game. Yeah, so you can suck it, Jackson. (laughs) Have I shown you guys that video, that cartoon of the two guys competing about what the best Pokemon is? Yes, Jackson. Okay, (laughs) because I think about it like every day, and I think it's really funny. (laughs) Um, Is that your thing? No, that's not my thing. Do you want me to go next? No, I have my thing. Okay. Uh, so, I have a complicated relationship with Skyrim, where <laughs> 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 I think it is probably the most overrated game that has ever existed. It's, but, so, I had actually never played it before, but recently I bought it on my Switch, which is hilarious, because I officially do not have any Nintendo games on my Switch. 
I have Skyrim. I have uh, I have uh, Sonic Forces. I have uh, Calavera Detective Agency. That's not what the game's called, but I forgot what it's called. Ripping and go. Uh, I have Katamari Damacy, and that's it. None of those are Nintendo games. You know Laurie what Saint I Jackson? just thought about? Skyrim's what? on the Switch. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Ultimate DLC character could be Dragonborn. No, I don't want that. Fusrodan. <laughs> I think that would be boring. After buying Skyrim, I have all of the same complaints that I had from before I bought it, but now I've actually played it and I've had fun while playing it. But my biggest beat... Okay, Skyrim has always been a fun game. That's not what I'm arguing about. It's a fun, cool game that you can just, like, delve hours into doing all the quests and doing all the things. It's a very fun game to play. But it was made in, like, fucking 2002. <laughs> and well, we keep What was the actual year it came out? I don't want to... I don't know what year it came Skyrim out. This feels people. like something we have to actually... More accurately, Actually, though, the engine did come out around 2002. Really? Because they've been using yeah. the same. They've been using the same engine since Morrowind. Oh damn. Yeah. No, it's stupid. Yeah, they haven't switched engines ever. That's absurd. When did? Okay, so Skyrim. Okay, its initial release date was 2011. Yeah. But still, my point up, remains Look up Morrowind's same. release date balls. though. Look up Morrowind's release date because that's how old okay. the engine is. Morrowind. Well, it's like in terms of video gaming and like how it's developed, 2011 is still old as balls. Yeah, and Morrowind is 2002. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they're using the same engine from 2002, and we keep comparing Skyrim to like modern game standards because Tom fucking Howard keeps releasing it because he thinks it's the best game that's ever been made and it's just not <laughs> and it make it's so weird it's like it's like when people say that uh, it's i don't know it's just so weird it's like i don't know why we're comparing this like pretty okay game from 2002 and then saying that it's better than any game that has come out since that time i just think that's so stupid Adeline, say something it's... nice about it. That's not what this bit is supposed to be. No, okay. I really, I, after playing Skyrim, I do really like it. I'm having a fun time. Uh, it's, it's fun. It's just full of stuff. It's fun to go around and just like kind of make your own Dragonborn. <laughs> like games like uh, Dragon Age and Skyrim, like honestly, really do encourage you to just like make a character and then just like go out into this world i feel like so many video games now are kind of like they either have a story set up for you or they kind of have you like pick a character out of a batch so for skyrim to just be like you make your dude and you do whatever you think this dude would do is like actually really cool and really fun it makes the game really immersive yeah bethesda's uh, always been good at not pigeonholing their players yeah and I'm going to go back to complaining about it, but <laughs> <laughs> it's not the best RPG on the planet because Bethesda says that it makes RPGs, but it doesn't. Um, and unfortunately, so going around and playing this game, it's really fun because there's so much things that you can collect and do, but it feels like every single interaction that you have boils down to the combat and the combat isn't good. You just kind of swing your sword around, or you blast a dude, and that's like it. But I and love that's blasting like 90% dudes. Of the game. 
It's okay. It's fun to flavor blast, dude, but not when I one shot hit everybody. So what do you mean when you say that Bethesda doesn't make RPGs? Okay. Well, so uh, Fallout, Fallout Four, <laughs> is not a role playing game. It's not. They try to tell you that it is. It's not. Uh, we sh- we should take uh, we should have my friend Eli come on and talk about Fallout because he'll just go ballistic. <laughs> okay, Fallout, e- elaborate made... why you why it's not a role playing game. You just keep saying it's not over and over again. No, because okay, in Skyrim you have they give you dialogue options, but you don't have stats to improve those dialogue options. You are told that you can persuade people depending on what your speech what your speech level is. But it doesn't feel like that. I don't feel like I'm improving my speech when I talk to people. Because it will tell me that this is a dialogue option where you can persuade this NPC to do what you want them to do. Or you can threaten this NPC to do what you want them to do. And every time I hit either of those buttons, the game is like, "Eh, no. Well, you can't. Well, so okay. you have to do it to you have to do it to, to you have to do easier persuasions first until it. Looks no, up. I am. I am very high in speech. I've gone out of my way, and it's just it doesn't build in a way that feels like I'm really succeeding in building my speech. I'm saying it's not gratifying in the way that it builds its dialogue. Well, Here's my The dialogue though. doesn't feel like it's super important to the video game. So, but I understand what you're saying. But role-playing game in a video game sense doesn't doesn't mean the same thing that the three words role-playing game on their own mean. Oh, yeah, yeah. I should clarify that. Um, I mean, like, in the fact that you're playing a role, not the, like, experience points and leveling up. That's right. not what I mean. Because, yeah, I mean, by like, the logic you're using, like, no no game is a role-playing game. I mean, yeah. No, I'm saying it's, like, in the terms of, like, actually role-playing. Like, I feel like the things that you do kind of don't work with what your stats do, you know? Well, I think I think the what you're discovering here is that uh Skyrim very 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 much has a best build. Uh and it's it, while Bethesda doesn't pigeonhole their their players into doing a certain thing, Skyrim itself kind of does in how uh. it's run best because uh, Undoubtedly, the best build is stealth is like stealth archer. Undoubtedly, you win you oh, win yeah. every single mission without having to do anything. You just hide, you shoot everyone in the head, and then you go collect whatever you need to collect. It, it's undoubtedly the best build. You don't have to talk to anyone. You don't have to persuade. You just kill people from the shadows. It's the best <laughs> build. Exactly. And and the problem with that is just because of how Skyrim's combat system is run. So they don't really care about any of those auxiliary skills. Because yeah. most of the game is combat. <laughs> like, yeah, that's at, what at its makes core. it a bad role-playing game, is what I'm saying. Is that's, that that's fair. I, I, the I, dialogue I doesn't do anything. They tell you that it does, but it doesn't. <laughs> but yeah, I made my character, and I'm going around, and I'm having lots of fun. It's... Okay, so I played Skyrim on my friend's Xbox, and he had, like, the OG Skyrim. And it was just ugly as sin. It's so bad. <laughs> But then I went and bought it on my Switch, and I got the remastered version, and it's actually very, very pretty. It's how, very naturalistic. And how are pretty. the load times? Because I know actually OG, really good. On the OG Xbox, Skyrim it was, was terrible. Yeah, no, OG Skyrim was like notorious for like literally ten minute load times sometimes. Yeah. We were playing it as a group because I had never played Skyrim before, so everybody wanted me to play Skyrim. And that was really funny until we realized that we had to actually play Skyrim <laughs> and had to sit through all the load times. 
I've been hearing rumblings of um, new Switch models coming soon, um, and I would love to get, like, a Switch Plus or something that has more processing power so we can get, like, bigger AAA games on it that aren't from nine years ago. Uh, I mean, yeah. If they release a 1080p screen switch, yeah. I'm buying it. Well, like, I would it. love to get, like, you know, there are some, like, big games that are able to release on Switch, like Wolfenstein and Doom and stuff. Yeah, you can play Doom. But, like, if I could get, like, fucking Dark Souls 3 on the Switch, like, yeah. oh, that would be the best thing in the world. Like, I'd love to see... Jackson's life would be over. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love to see, like, the Switch finally operating on... Not almost the same level as the other consoles. Like actually, the same level. Yeah, as the, the other same consoles. level. Yeah. yeah. I've uh, I've successfully convinced two of my work buddies to get a Switch because I just went over to their house and we all played Ultimate for like four hours straight, just yeah, passing man. controllers. And they were like, "Okay, this is this is the point. It's yeah. you've sold me." <laughs> no, and the Switch is the best game console anybody has ever produced. And I know I, I absolutely yeah, no, agree with that. I know it's not as powerful as anything. But, like, no. the fact – it's got so many great games on it. And the fact that you can just pick it up and take it wherever you want. Yeah, and it's got Smash Brothers, Mario Kart, Mario have. Party, and four-player Mario Brothers, and fucking Jackbox all on it. And you could just, like, play fucking Smash Brothers on the subway with somebody. Is here's it's the a party machine. thing in the world. It's also, a party machine. Here's the best. I can literally be playing Breath of the Wild, stand up – Pick up my console, go to the bathroom, and continue to play Breath of the Wild. <laughs> that is the selling point. There's nothing better. I can better. play Skyrim on the bus and yeah. be judged by the nerds around me, and I was. It's, it's fantastic. It's great. I don't have to p- ever stop playing. The only thing stopping me playing is, like, my real-life responsibilities. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's a... To finish up my little segment, Thanks I bought positive. Skyrim. I I really like it. I'm having a good time. It's a really fun game. I understand why people like it. <laughs> okay. I have a new Yay. perspective on Skyrim. It's fun. Great. Uh, I I just did exactly the same thing twice, where I tried to just make a transition and it sounded like a really sarcastic compliment. <laughs> um. <laughs> I think you're just mean. Jackson. Maybe I'm just mean and I don't know it. Um. <laughs> So my thing, I know I've done a handful of comic books lately, um, and I'm aware of that, and I'm going to make a conscious effort to do less soon. Um, But recently, a comic book has come out, written by Chip Zdarsky and drawn by Mark Bagley, which is called Spider-Man colon Life Story. Um, This is a series, and as of right now, only the first issue has ever come out. Um... But I'm so in love with it, and I want I want to like scream it from the heavens because I don't have any other pedestal from which to talk about comic books because I love this comic <laughs> book so much. Um, it's basically like a it's a really really interesting thing. Chip Zdarsky wrote uh, Spectacular Spider-Man for about a year and a half last year, and it's like the best Spider-Man run anyone's done in like eight years. Um, <laughs> But this story is – every issue is set in a different decade. This first one that's come out is the 60s. The next one is going to be the 70s, 80s, 90s, 1000s. Um, and it's basically um, looking at the life of Spider-Man 
and putting it in the context of when these events happened in real life, but sort of thinking about it as a as a period piece, um, in the sense that it feels like it is really and truly set in the 60s with a realistic and retrospective view of the way that the 60s actually were. Um, because, like, obviously the original Spider-Man was set in the 60s, it came out in the 60s, um, but there's a lot that it for sure wasn't talking about, like the oh, Vietnam yeah. War specifically. Um, this takes teenage Spider-Man and puts it in the context of power and responsibility in relationship to the Vietnam War, which is mm -hmm. fascinating. Um, it's like, yeah, Spider-Man was a college student. He would absolutely yeah. be worried about Vietnam. He's, yeah, he was a... a they, this, this story takes place between him graduating high school and him going into college and trying to decide whether he should go into the military and fight in Vietnam. He's a super powerful, super strong young man in America. And he has to ask himself really hard questions about the morality of the Vietnam War and if this is the most responsible way for him to use his power. Um, and there's a lot of really good Captain America stuff in it, too. And they tell the whole story of how Peter found out that Norman Osborn was the Green Goblin in the context of this, all in one issue. It's almost like a whole story in and of itself. Um, and it's just, it's so, so good. I have no idea how he's going to continue this series with this whole decades motif. Um, because they didn't, like, totally wrap up the Vietnam story, and the next one is, like, the 70s. I guess the Vietnam War is still going on in the 70s. Uh -huh. <laughs> but like my point is is like this whole Vietnam thing is not going to be the connecting tie for the whole series you know mm -hmm. so like I'm just I'm fascinated to see where he goes with it it's drawn by Mark Bagley who's like one of the most influential and like prolific Spider-Man artists ever um, and it's it's just incredible and I feel like Chip Zdarsky is the only comic it's he's the only person in the world who really understands peter parker in my book <laughs> like it's just it's incredible so it's called spider-man life story and the next issue well let me see when this goes up i think the second issue will probably already be out um but it is so 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 good and i want i want to recommend it to everybody that i love so yeah spider-man life story or excuse me written by chip zadarsky drawn by mark bagley thinking about Spider-Man as a true period piece. Um, it's wonderful and amazing, and I think everybody should read it. Hey, do you guys want to hear um, a five-star review of Suicide Squad from Letterboxd.com? Of course, Jackson. Boy, I sure would. Um, this review comes from an account that's called Henry's Account. Um, oh, great. Good for Henry. <laughs> Henry's Account gives this five stars and writes, The Last Hour is Boring. Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> five out of a possible five stars. This is the best movie I've ever seen. It does everything I needed to do. But the last hour it sucks balls. Five stars. Uh, <laughs> my name's Jackson mm -hmm. McCurry. See, that sums up uh, what a five star review of this movie is. It's, it's perfect. It's It's beautiful. The last hour is boring. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Jackson McMurray. And I'm Adeline McMurray. 
I'm Ethan Goins. And Ethan's also there. And this is No Nerds Allowed. (laughs) There are no nerds allowed. (laughs) You have to leave, Ethan. Are we going to make that joke joke every time he comes on the podcast? Yeah, I made that joke last time he was here, too. I like it. I think it's just a theme they're not going to hear the Discord sound. But I left the call. <laughs> 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 oh, I left and then I came back. Oh, that's fair.